Hey there, it's Spashti Sarah. Welcome to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, thank you for plugging in. If this is not your first time listening, thank you for being a part of the Post Blog journey. If you have not liked, shared, followed, subscribed, whatever those cool buttons are, go ahead and do that right now before we jump right in to this week's podcast. So there's this story of a man who got bit by a dog. He later discovered that this dog had rabies. So naturally, he went to the hospital to confirm if he had rabies. Unfortunately, the test results came back and it was as you would expect. He had rabies. At that time, there really wasn't anything you can do if you found out you had rabies. There's no cure that had been developed. So the doctor told him, look, this is it. My best advice is for you to get your affairs in order as soon as possible. The man, upset and saddened by what the doctor had to say, he sank back into depression and shock. And then, out of nowhere, he had all this burst of energy, grabbed a pen and paper, and just started to write. He wrote furiously. An hour later, when the doctor returned, the man still had the pen in his hand. So, the doctor said, well... It's good to see you've taken my advice. I take it you're working out your will. And he replied, this is no will. This is a list of people I plan to bite before I die. Odd story. Weird story, I'm sure. But it goes to show the gravity and the intensity of bitterness. Bitter people believe that they need to bite back, they need to snap back in order to be satisfied. You see, bitterness makes us permanently angry. It carves deep lines on our face and it adds weight every step we take. Anger and bitterness work hand in hand with each other. Anger is present hurt and bitterness is past hurt. I don't know if you've seen that movie Inside Out. It's one of my top movies out there. Psychologically speaking, it shows the inner workings of our thought process and how that controls our decision making, how it controls and determines how we think, how we live, our response, our reactions. So there's all these different types of emotions, but one of them in particular, the one we're going to talk about today is bitterness and Anger. They work hand in hand with each other. I like the Stanford Encyclopedia of Psychology that writes on emotions. And they wrote, this is this is from them specifically. This is not I quote Vashti. This is I quote Stanford Encyclopedia of Psychology. And they write, no aspect of our mental life is more important to the quality and meaning of our existence than the emotions. They are what make life worth living and sometimes worth ending. Anger, it's a natural response to unmet expectations or perceived injustice. Anger is natural. You stub your toe, you get angry or you get frustrated. Someone does you wrong, you get angry. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you get angry. Someone takes the last piece of chicken, you get angry. Bitterness, on the other hand, is unresolved anger. When we allow anger to keep festering, 
rather than getting over it, rather than forgiving, rather than moving on per se, bitterness is when anger sits, festers, and build on each other. These emotions are directly linked to our mental and physical health. Just as what we eat is directly linked to our physical health, so is what we do with our emotions, what we do with anger, that is directly linked to our mental and physical health. If you don't address these things, if you don't address anger, it can lead to bitterness and can lead to death, both physical and spiritual. I mean, we see that in the definition from Stanford, that it can make life worth living and sometimes worth ending. Emotions, negative emotions left unaddressed can lead to death. We see that in outrage, people who are really angry and everything gets them upset. We see that through hurtful words. You say something and someone responds, but responds rude. We see that through mistreatment. We see that through suicidal rates, depression, murder. All of that boils down to the heart of revenge. That's what bitterness is. Bitterness leads to revenge and revenge looks differently for everyone. Some people retaliate in outbursts. Some people retaliate in hurtful words. Some people retaliate by becoming a recluse. Some people retaliate by suicide. And some people retaliate by murder, by inflicting physical pain on someone else. The Bible talks about this. The Bible says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. That comes from Psalms 37 verse 8. Isn't it interesting that the Bible even talks about this? The Bible pinpoints, refrain from anger. It didn't say you have to stay away from anger because anger is a natural response. It's a natural emotion to have. But the Bible says the writer of Psalms, we're assuming it's David here. He says, stay away from anger as much as possible. Just try to stay away from it and forsake wrath. That one is a little bit more of an urgency. Try your best. Absolutely stay absolutely away from wrath because it only leads to evil. Have you ever met someone that's bitter? Aren't much fun to be around, right? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're the bitter person and you know it. You know that you're just miserable. No one likes to be around you. No one cares to be around you. No one cares to be your friend because you're just awfully bitter. But there's hope. Just as anything in life, there is always hope. People who struggle with anger and bitterness, oftentimes the the cry that's in their heart is that they've taken on the role of becoming emotional debt collectors. In the story I shared at the start of this podcast, this man found out that he was dying and he said, you know what? I'm writing a list of people I need to bite. He took on the role of an emotional debt collector. Emotional debt collectors are like regular debt collectors. They want repayment. They won't resist until they get what they want. There's no room, absolutely no room for forgiveness. There's no room for second chances. There's no room for mercy, no room for compassion. The only goal is to collect their debt. 
And then what happens? Emotional debt collectors, you'll notice that they are left mentally, physically, and emotionally crippled, tirelessly seeking revenge. Martin Luther King once said, be careful not to measure your holiness by other people's sin. A lot of times, emotional debt collectors, that's what they do. They look at the people who have wronged them and they've placed themselves on a pedestal and I'll include myself in this. We convince ourselves we are so good and they are so evil. They deserve the wrong. I didn't do what they did. I didn't commit that sin. They did that. So we measure people's holiness based on their sin. Bitterness, I'm just saying this. I'm throwing this out there. Some of you might disagree with me. And if you do, that's okay. But bitterness is equally as dangerous as any immoral sin. Because here's the thing. Here's the truth about sin. Heaven is not going to wait for you to collect your emotional debt. Heaven is not going to wait for you to be done sinning because bitterness is a form of sin. Look at it this way. If you are the one struggling with being an emotional debt collector, if you had a heart disease, you went into the doctor's office today and they said, sir, ma'am, you have a heart disease and your lifespan has been cut short. You need to either fix it or keep doing what you're doing and die. I am pretty sure. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to bravely say this. I'm 100% sure you would do whatever it takes to get your life back on track. You would do whatever it takes. Even if it's something as crazy as a heart transplant, you would try to fix the heart disease. Why is it that we don't have that same attitude about bitterness and anger? Why is it that we don't have that same attitude about the outrage we experience, depression, hurtful words, suicidal thoughts? Why is it that we don't have that same mindset? And don't get me wrong, especially with depression and suicide, I don't want to seem calloused when I'm talking about those because those are hard things that people go through. Those are real issues. But why is it? Why is it that we don't desire a heart transplant? If we know we're struggling, if we know we have been mentally, physically, and emotionally crippled by wanting revenge, why is it that we tirelessly seek to collect debt, whether you believe it or not. If you need a cure of heart disease, you need to go to Christ. Christ will heal your heart. God will heal your heart. I've done this before, and this is a story for another time where I was seeking out revenge. I was seeking out my debt. I want I wanted it back. I wanted what that person took from me. And I had to I had to go to Jesus. I had to talk to Jesus. And it didn't take one time. It didn't heal instantaneously. It took a lot of time running back to Jesus and saying, Lord, I want revenge. I want them to get what they deserve. And I prayed and I asked God, heal me from this heart that is so bitter, that is so callous that I cannot even live fully, that I don't have joy that nothing makes me happy because all that's consuming my thoughts is revenge. And Jesus taught me something. He taught me to look at myself and remember the things that I've done wrong, that I have needed forgiveness. That same forgiveness that he gave to me and I received from people here on this earth. I should do the same for those who have hurt me. Yes, the sin, the hurt may be awful, It may be huge weight that you're carrying around, but that doesn't remove the fact that forgiveness is for everyone. I don't know what debt you're trying to collect. 
I don't know what it is that someone has done to you that has hurt you awful bad, but I do know this. If you serve Jesus and you know he has forgiven you of your sin, the right thing to do, the Christ-like thing to do, as hard as it may seem, is to forgive. You might not forget, but you can forgive and keep making steps towards progress. This is a heavy topic. This is not one that's fun to talk about. And for that reason, I'll just do something wild and I'll go ahead and pray for you as we close out this podcast. Jesus, I pray for those who are struggling with being emotional debt collectors. I don't know what they're struggling with. I don't know what it is that was done to them. But God, I pray that you will provide healing, you will provide hope, and you will provide perspective. You died on the cross for us and you forgave us of our sins. And while some sins may just be a little bit more heavier than others, God, you've taught us as believers that forgiveness is for everyone. So I pray that today there will be a heart change, a heart shifting in those who have become emotional debt collectors, those who have been holding on to anger and are now bitter and crippled. God, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for wholeness. And I thank you that in this moment, they will be able to walk in forgiveness. Jesus, we thank you and we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit subscribe, like, follow, share. And I will see y'all next week. Same time, same place. I love y'all. But remember most of all that God loves you most.